I am A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native, and the father of the Effortless English system that trains you. You speak English fluently. You speak English powerfully. You speak English confidently. You speak English effortlessly when you commit. Don't quit. Commit to my VIP program. You commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Go to that website. All my courses are on that website. EffortlessEnglishClub.com Commit. Don't quit. Commit. A walk and talk. You know, I... During our live shows, I get frequent comments now saying that you like the walk and talks, that many effortless English family members like these walk and talks, and I like them too. So just uh, tell you where I am, I'm in Osaka, just leaving my apartment, walking past a park. And I go to today. I go to a mall. There's a mall about 30 minutes away from our house, so it's a good place. Uh, it's a really nice mall for families. Uh, Japanese malls are still quite nice. In fact, I'd say in, in general, Asia has still some nice malls. American malls have become junky and filled with teenagers, and they're not very nice anymore. But. Uh, but Asian malls still quite nice, and uh, this one's nice and very family friendly. So I've got my baby girl, little Moti-chan here, carrying her again. We're out exercising together, baby and dad. We live uh, in Osaka, Japan, and we're on the south side of the city. Today is, uh, you know, I keep saying this is summer, but it's June now. Yet, so far this month, we've had a very mild summer, not so hot. It really has been really kind of warm spring weather, I'd say. We've only had maybe a couple days that I'd say were actually really hot. And today, again, it's kind of cloudy today. Cloudy, a little bit of a breeze. It's warm for sure. I don't know the temperature right now, but uh, 80s in Fahrenheit. Do you remember Fahrenheit? <laughs> so upper 20s in Celsius is my guess. Like 27, 28 Celsius, something like that. 26. Um, in Fahrenheit, that's low 80s, like 80, 81, 82 maybe. Very pleasant. Very nice. We've had a so far very, very nice June kind of a long spring this year, which is uh, wonderful. And this is my life. I have a pretty simple life, guys. I, a lot of my time I spend just walking. I love walking, as you probably know. I've talked about it before. So I really enjoy this. And I'm fasting. Let me give you an update on my fasting. Fasting. Some of you are curious about it, so I uh, started getting weak this this week. No, oh. we weak W E A K, not strong. 
and week W-E-E-K, days of the week. (laughs) So this week, I was feeling weak. (laughs) And I was trying to figure out what happened. So I I stopped doing the two-day fast. I just did one kind of normal one meal a day. Started feeling better. Watched some more videos from Snake Diet. Realized I was not drinking enough of the salt water, salt potassium water. I wasn't drinking enough and uh, gradually that made me feel weaker and weaker. It's kind of like I was doing a part dry fast, which is not good um, for, for a long time. So anyway, now I'm forcing myself, pushing myself to drink um, at least, you know, like one, one and a half liters of the salt water plus some fresh water every day and I did that for two days I feel great now feeling fine so back on my I'm on doing a two-day fast again I'm just starting it today's day one I've got I'm down to about 71 and a half kilograms right so I'm getting very close to my goal weight very close my strength is still good this is important you don't want to lose muscle so, you know, I just test myself. I test myself with pull-ups. And I have uh, I have some kettlebells. I can do an overhead press. And my strength is pretty much the same from when I started. So I'm not losing strength, which means I'm not losing muscle. So it's all fat. All fat. That's great. So that's the kind of obvious physical benefit. But there are other great benefits I just say otherwise my mind and uh, feels really good now it didn't feel good when I was getting weak but other overall it's just been really great it's it's interesting when you when you fast and you realize how food can be such an addiction you know all of us we talk about addictions well food's one of the big ones we get this mindset you've got to eat three times a day and oh my god you get a little hungry and you immediately must run and find some food and oh my god if I get hungry I'm gonna get weak I won't be able to do anything you know we have these ideas in our head sometimes and they're all false they're not true it's really just an addiction it's just like a drug addict oh god I gotta get drugs right now and the truth is uh, all of us can go days and days without eating and we will be fine and so the fasting just breaks that addiction you know I've told you guys before how like maybe many of you I've got kind of a sugar addiction well that's broken that's broken in fact last night I had my first carbs in a month I ate a banana and a few blueberries <laughs> after almost a month of no carbs at all, zero. It's amazing how sweet they tasted. I could, they tasted so, so, so sweet after not eating anything sugary at all for a month. So it's like, you know, your taste, when you fast, your taste changes, becomes much more sensitive. You know, when we're just constantly eating all the time and eating all this stuff and eating junk sometimes, it's like we lose our taste sensitivity, right? We need stronger and stronger tastes to notice. 
right? You need some super strong ice cream or cake or lots of sugar, and then you notice the sweetness. <laughs> it's very much like drugs. <laughs> very much like drugs. I've talked about heroin, where in the beginning, a little heroin, you feel great, but then the addict after that needs more and more and more for the same feeling. Well, it's like that with food. So when you fast, you break that, and then when you come back, you notice that now your taste is so much more sensitive. So now, like for example, if I eat a blueberry, the blueberry tastes super, super sweet. I can really taste that sweetness in the blueberry or in the banana, where before maybe I didn't notice so much. Your smell also becomes very sensitive when you're fasting. <laughs> Anyone who's fasted knows this, right? Or even if you've just been really, really hungry sometime, right? You'll notice like you smell food and, oh, you can smell it. You become like a dog, you know? You can smell little <laughs> food smells from far away <laughs> when you're fasting. <laughs> even other smells, not, not only food, just in general. So it kind of wakes up and cleans your senses, especially taste and smell. But even, you know, even sight, even looking around, things just look a little more clear. Anyway, it's wonderful. Highly recommend fasting to you. Speaking of fasting, I will have... Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Not I will have. I will send an invitation to Cole Robinson from Snake Diet. Snakediet.com. I'm going to invite him onto the show. I want to interview him. I really hope he'll do it. You know, I can't control. I, I invite people and sometimes they don't sometimes they don't uh, contact me back. It happens. But anyway, he's one I really, really, really want to interview because I'm very enthusiastic about all his teaching because he teaches fasting. Now on June 8th, this is Japan time, 4.30 a.m. So really early in the morning in Japan time, 4.30 a.m. June 8th, July 8th, I'm sorry, next month. July 8th. 4.30 a.m. Japan time, I will interview Acharya-ji again. He'll be a regular guest on the show. I'm a big fan of his also. And uh, this time we'll talk about meditation. You know, in our last interview, we we mentioned meditation a little bit, but it's, too, it's a big topic. And we said, we, you know, he, he could come back and talk about meditation next time. So that's what we're going to do. He's going to come back and we're going to chat about meditation and we'll get some of his ideas and teachings about meditation. So fantastic. And then after him, I would like Cole Robinson from Snake Diet, if I can get him. Now I did, some of you recommended Roosh. Roosh V. If you know who Roosh V is, uh, you, know, you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, I did contact him, but he never contacted me back. So, looks like a no from Roosh V. Oh, well. I've got a huge list of people to interview now, so no problems. Now, one of the cool things, I watched a Cole Robinson video where, you know, he's talking about fasting, of course. But he, t and he talked about, he started talking about the religions of the world and how 
each of the religions, each of the major religions of the world, the major ones, are founded on fasting. You know, you can look through Sanatana Dharma and you find gurus and rishis and yogis who have fasted and fasted and fasted. I mean, so many examples. You look at Buddhism, Buddha himself fasted. He did some extreme fasting, in fact. He later decided that the extreme fasting was too much, but he still fasted. And Buddhist monks still fast quite a lot. You look at Jesus. Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. Muhammad fasted. Muslims famously fast every month. Sanatana Dharmis. Uh, we have the month of Shravan coming, which is a holy month for Sanatana Dharma in India. And, well, not just India, everywhere. And it's a month of fasting. In fact, I'm going to join the fasting. <laughs> now, I'm trying to pronounce it. I've had uh, some of my Indian... Uh, us English followers are trying to help me pronounce the name of this month. I said Shravan before, and I was corrected that that's not how to pronounce it. So I'll try again. Shravan. Shravan. Well, let me know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And if not, please send me a link where someone's saying the word and I can hear it. And then I can know how to pronounce it. Anyway, Shravan is a holy month of fasting and other um, religious activities in for Sanatana Dharma and of course especially in India and I will be um, I will be uh, joining that fast I'm trying to think what should I do how can I join that fast because like uh, I think a lot of people they just don't eat during the day and they have like a they eat at night but I already do that <laughs> I'm already doing more than that so it's not much of a sacrifice for me to do that so I feel like I should do something a little more so I think what I'm gonna do is dry fast during the day not all day and night but like do like 22 23 hour dry fast each day uh, is my plan for Shravan. So that's a whole month. So dry fast and have one meal at night. And of course drink at night too. So I don't become dehydrated. <laughs> so during the day, no water, no food. At night, I'll drink water and then eat one meal. And that's all. Now hopefully at that point, I, I'm not trying to lose weight. I should hopefully be finished losing weight at that point. So I'll eat enough food so I maintain my weight. But the dry fasting is great for healing. Dry fasting is super powerful for healing. Let me just recommend this highly to you. If you have any kind of sickness, so something small like a cold or the flu or some skin problem, or if you have something very serious, cancer, um, I don't know, some serious disease, you're really feeling terrible. Try dry fasting. Try dry fasting. Now, you know, get used to it. Don't do some super long dry fasts immediately, but try a, like try a one day dry fast, like 23 hours. Okay, so that's, you eat a meal at night, drink some water, maybe eat some cucumbers or something uh, with water in it, apples, 
one second. Got some noise. Then, so you eat your meal at night, then no food, no water, nothing into your mouth for the next 23 hours until the next night. Then eat your one meal, drink a little water or whatever, get some electrolytes, get some potassium especially. And then, again, repeat again. So you can do that. That's the first easiest way to do some dry fasting. And for small things like a cold or the flu, that might be enough. Just that might be enough to heal it very quickly without medicine, no medicine. Now for something more serious, you probably have to do more than just one day fast. So try some of those 24, 23 hour dry fasts. Try some get used to it, get your body used to it, then you need to do longer ones. And then try a two-day, like a 48-hour dry fast. Try that. Same thing. Then drink and eat and get so you feel good. Then do another two-day dry fast. And then after you do two days, get to three days. Do a three-day dry fast. Eat. Then another eat, drink, maybe for a couple days. Then another one. And you just keep doing that, right? You do a three-day dry fast. Then you, uh, maybe one or two days, you eat and drink normally until you're feeling good again. Then do another dry fast, three days. And you keep doing that until you're healed, until you're better. This is a great way to heal yourself. This is a great way to have more control over your health instead of having to go to expensive doctors and take a bunch of horrible medicine and stuff. First try this. First try this. Dry fasting for healing. So anyway, I'll, for Shravan, I'll be, uh, I'll be dry fasting during the days. So one month dry fasting every day. When Cole Robinson was talking about this topic, just about religions and how religions, he said, he actually mentioned two things for religions. Two important points about religions that are common for all the major religions, saying that, number one, they're all founded on fasting. The founders of these religions, the prophets, the gurus, the Buddhas, and, and also, of course, even after the founding, the saints, the great ones, the great teachers, the sages, they all fasted. Fasting is a common thing that we find. It's therefore dharma. And the other part he mentioned, mentioned two things, was that all these religions also taught what he called a minimalistic life. A minimalistic life. In other words, a simple life. Simple living. Simple living. Simplicity. Simplicity and fasting. Simplicity and fasting. Buddhism famously teaches this. Sanatana Dharma teaches this. Islam teaches this. Christianity teaches this. You get the idea, right? The idea, simplicity meaning that 
You don't need so much in terms of stuff. You don't need to pursue and chase material, physical wealth and luxury. And really luxury is the right word because wealth is more of a mindset. Wealth, in my opinion, means freedom, financial freedom. That's great. But you don't need luxury for that, right? It's the luxury. It's wanting the, the Ferraris and the huge houses and all the gadgets and all this stuff that these religions teach and not just religions, philosophers too, great philosophers. I mean, people like Thoreau, one of my favorite writers. Again, simplicity. What is the power of simplicity? Why is it important? I mean, why do, why do we find it with all these great wise men and teachers and religions and everything? Why do they teach it? Because chasing luxury is a trap. It's a mental trap. It's a spiritual trap. It's an emotional trap. You think it will bring you greater happiness, but it won't. It doesn't. You get excited for a little bit. You buy some new thing, some new luxury, and for a short time, it seems like it's you enjoy it, and then you just don't think about it anymore. Then it's like just, uh, you know, if you buy like a super fast, expensive car, it, you might be excited about it for a month or so, and after that, it's just kind of normal, and then you just don't care anymore. So then you need something even more, and then something even more, and then something even more. It's a kind of addiction, and it doesn't lead to happiness. And the other problem is that to get these things, you have to work, 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 work all the time, and you got to stress out, right? You have to get so stressed, constantly thinking about money, constantly focused on money, constantly stressed about it. Like Cole was saying, Cole Robinson, you know, he teaches for free. He coaches people for free. Just donations only, which is really nice. He lives a super simple life. I think he lives just in a tiny little apartment. He's got an old car he paid for already. And some people think, oh, that's, that's terrible. It's not. It's wonderful. I mean, think about it like this. Think about college, university, and how many... Many college students are so happy, especially if they're not stressed about school. Like I had a happy college life. It was really easy. For me, the school was so easy, so I was never stressed about the schoolwork. Now I was living a simple life. My, I mean, I, I had almost no money, but I also had total freedom. I had no stresses. I just would go to class and after class, I'd just see friends and you know, I, I joined clubs and activities that were all free, but I was constantly busy. I had a nice social life. So a lot of times I would just hang out, you know, just relax. I'd go down to the university and uh, just relax. I'd go, they'd have like a cheap movie theater. I'd go there, you know, like $1 for a movie. Just stuff like that. And it was such a happy, free life because I was so free. Didn't have any worries. Just, you know, take a test or write a paper sometimes. That's it. And this is why, you know, for many people, they think of, you know, college life as being so fun. Because, because of the lack of worry. Because it's a simple life, but it's a free life. 
and I had the same feelings when I was living in my car, living in my van. That didn't have much money, but I had so much freedom and no worries. No worries. I mean, I was not... When I lived in the car, that was just for a summer. I had no job. I had nothing. It was just like when I was a kid and I had the summers off. I had saved a little bit of money living in my car. I had no expenses. So I just would hang out in downtown Athens, Georgia, my hometown. I'd go to a coffee shop and sit there for a few hours reading books. My friend Kenny would come by sometimes. We'd just sit there and and talk and he was also living in his truck at the same time. Kind of interesting. We didn't plan that and we just both decided to do it independently at the same time. But it was cool. So he and I would just hang out together and talk. We played Ultimate Frisbee. We were on a... We joined an Ultimate Frisbee group which is kind of like... um, I don't know, like American football using a Frisbee. A Frisbee is like a, you throw it, it's a little round disc. But that was free, no money for that. You know, I would eat at cheap restaurants. Athens is a, Athens, Georgia is a college town. So, there are a lot of cheap places, like for students. So it was just such a simple, free life. Did I have a lot of luxury? No. Did I have a big house and expensive car? No. But I had freedom. I had no stress. I was happy. Happy, happy, and relaxed. It's just a very high quality of life. This is the benefit of a simple life, okay? The propaganda propaganda from TV and media and indeed from almost everybody any people you know the propaganda is if you live a simple life you're somehow poor like you're missing something oh my god you don't you don't have the newest iPhone poor you boo-hoo but does the newest iPhone make you happy no People get excited about it because of all the marketing and around it. But then after you have it, you know, a week later, you know, it's just a phone. It's just a phone. It's just another phone. For, for that long-term happiness, just imagine no stress about money. Just imagine no stress about working. Just imagine having most of your day, almost every hour of your day to do anything you wanted. You could be lazy, you can sit and read, you can meditate, you can talk to friends and visit family members. You can, I don't know, cook food, learn to cook. You can join cheap or free community classes. You could just do hobbies, you could train sports and exercise, anything you want every day you don't need lots of money for that what you have to do is simplify your life simplify your life see fasting is connected to that because fasting is an amazing way to simplify your life it's when you fast you find that wow when you, you don't need to eat suddenly <laughs> a lot of time and energy is free 
we actually spend a lot of time and energy focused on food. Too much, I think. Now I realize. So fasting is part of that. But more than that, it's, it's the, the mentality to be happier and happier with less and less and less. Fewer things, more time. See, this is always the formula. We're going to learn this in our next book. It's called Your Money or Your Life. Your Money or Your Life is our next non-fiction book. After Brave New World, we have a while. Brave New World is a long book, so it's going to be a few months. Probably the rest of the summer we'll be doing Brave New World. But after that, we'll do Your Money or Your Life. And one of the key points of that book, I'll give you a little introduction, but one of the key ideas of that book is this idea of time and money, that people focus too much on money. People think of uh, wealth, wealth of being rich. People think of uh, being free. They think of, uh, they measure it with money. But what you should be doing is measuring it with time. You know, money is almost unlimited. But time is completely limited, right? There's 24 hours every day. It's the same for every person. Time is scarce, we say. There's not a lot of it, right? It's limited. You're free when your time is free. The more time you have every day to do anything you want, that means you're more free. And so they, you know, they have a few ways of doing it, but they, they teach you in the book how to uh, measure your financial situation in time, how to convert it from money into time. And then you really get to see, ah, how much free time do I have? How much money do I make per hour, really? So this is the advantage. And they, of course, they teach a simple life, too. They teach a simple way to financial freedom. Because the truth is, for you, for most people, the easiest way to become financially free, to get your time back, to live your life how you want to live it, and just free, not a slave to jobs, not a slave to money, easiest way to do that for most people is to live a much more simple life. Unfortunately, most people think they need to make a lots and lots and lots of money, that the key to financial freedom is becoming super rich, meaning lots and lots of money, multi-millionaire. But that's very difficult. Very difficult for most people. I'll be honest, most of you are not entrepreneurs. Okay, I know this from experience. I've tried to help a lot of people become entrepreneurs and uh, most fail completely because they don't have the mindset. They're too trained by school. They just have an employee mindset. They just can't change their thinking to become an entrepreneur. It's not bad. It's not evil or anything for you. If you're, if you're not an entrepreneur, it's fine. But if you're not an entrepreneur, you're probably not going to become a multimillionaire. Even entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs don't become multi-millionaires or billionaires. 
very 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 few you have to be kind of a crazy workaholic to become super rich but that then that's just a lot of stress there are few people who have that mindset that really really enjoy that kind of crazy amount of working there are a few people like that you know Donald Trump's a famous example but most of us are not like that almost none of us are like that so for most of us you and me the way to become free is the the much easier way is to simplify 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 your life cut 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 your expenses your material life I should say now your intellectual life your social life can be very 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 rich right you have to find your wealth not from money but from people and experiences and time and freedom and activities you can do all these things with for no money or for very little money so instead of buying things you do things instead of buying things you meet people instead of buying things you learn and you create a very rich wealthy life that does not require money in fact the truth is you'll create a life that's much better much higher quality much happier more enjoyable more meaningful than most rich people because I've met a good number of rich people I've met a good number of them at seminars I've been to and just in my life and most of them are not very happy people they're just not because they believe the lie of things of of money and buying equals happiness so they buy lots and lots of stuff and they put a good show the, the lots of these rich people are very focused on appearance how they look so they always want to appear happy they always want to appear successful so they always want to have the you know the nicest most expensive clothes and cars and houses and everything but when you get to know them a little bit you realize there's like a sickness something wrong inside them in their soul there's like an emptiness that they're trying to fill it with things everyone no of course not and there's some happy rich people I'm sure but most most that I've met and I've met a good number I've met many so it's not a path to happiness it's fine to have money it's fine to have a lot of money but you can't make it your master it cannot become your master it cannot become your highest goal you cannot think you're going to be happy just because you have it because it does not give you that there's other things you can do with money with lots of money but that's not where happiness comes from simplicity simplify your life make your life rich with relationships with love with people with family with your children with all your other family with friendships with cool fun activities with physical activity with time outdoors with beauty with art with music with learning with prayer with meditation with reading with thinking with just enjoying 
with just appreciating. All of these things are free or very cheap. And those are the things that really will bring you a truly wealthy life. When you have the time and the energy for those things to fill up your whole life every day with all of those kinds of activities. I'll use myself as an example. I have plenty of money. More than enough. But what do I do every day? Do I buy lots of expensive stuff all the time? No. What do I do every day? I'm fasting. I pray and I meditate. I read books all the time. Constantly reading books. Most of all, I spend time with my wife and my two new babies. I walk. I do lots and lots of walking. I love being just out of the house walking, you know, outdoors or in public areas, just walking around. You know, I walk two, three hours a day, sometimes more. Just walking around the city, looking at things, looking at people, appreciating everything, feeling good, moving my body. Simple, requires no money at all. No money at all, zero money. What else do I do? Um, talk with friends, talk with my family members. You know, almost every day I talk with my mom, um, my dad, maybe once a week. Talk, I text or talk with my sister most, uh, almost every day. Got my good friends, Kristen and Joe. Text and talk to them very often. And then I learn, I learn. So I get interested in some topic and I just learn about it. Like right now, fasting. I'm really focused on fasting. I'm super interested in it. I have watched hours and hours and hours and hours of the snake diet videos and other things about fasting. All these things are free. You know, my money gives me enough uh, freedom where I don't have to do a job, which means I have all day, I can do anything I want, which is great. And of course, one of the things I do is I do my show, I do this. I keep working because I love work. I'm not only doing it for money. Yes, Effortless English is a business. It does provide enough money for my family, which is good. I'm happy, I'm grateful for that. But it's not the only reason I'm doing it. Mostly I do it because I love it. I love talking to you. I love teaching you. You know, I learn also. Uh, by do because I do this show, I always need new topics to talk about, right? Um, that actually kind of motivates me to keep learning new things, to keep trying new things. It's really good for me also. It encourages me. So I'm constantly looking for new things to do. And now I'm doing interviews on the show, which is super fun. I'm really enjoying that now because that really helps me to learn too. Not just you, I'm learning. You know, like when David the Good, when we were talking that interview, I don't know much about growing. I've never really gardening. I did one garden one time in my life. So it was very fascinating talking to him and uh, inspiring. Someday if we have a house and some land, I'll probably try to do it. 
Uh, I love talking to Anthony Arvanitakis. I've read his book, so I know about him, but still learn new things. Achirji is amazing. I've watched all of his videos, every single one of them, several times. And there's lots more people I'll interview, so that's great too. But you see what I'm getting at. (laughs) You see the point, right? Focus your mind on these kinds of wealth. This is what simplicity means. It means material simplicity. Material simplicity means meaning money, meaning things. Too many people think that that means an empty life. It's the exact opposite. It's the, it's a life full of things that's empty. You can if you have, you can have lots and lots and lots of things, but you're emotionally empty, socially empty. It's the opposite. And again, you don't have the great thing is you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be a workaholic. You don't have to work, 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 work like crazy to do this. You just need discipline. You just need discipline to simplify, simplify your life, constantly making it more and more and more simple. And, and there are practical benefits. You know, I'm not teaching you this. I'm not telling you this for some philosophical reason only or just for some religious reasons. I'm telling you this because it's practical. It's a happier, more enjoyable life. That's why I'm talking about this topic constantly. Because I know, believe me, I know the pain very well. I know the pain and remember the pain of financial stress. I know the pain of working jobs that you don't like, of just feeling tired of going to work every day and eight hours a day or more, and you know, the having to drive or ride a train or something or a bus to work and then all day at work doing something that you don't really care about. Maybe even having a bad boss or just not really liking it at all and feeling unhappy. And then riding the train or the bus or driving back home. And then getting a paycheck and it's not really that much compared to the suffering, compared to the unhappiness. You feel like you're not getting paid really enough for all of that. And feeling stuck, feeling like you're trapped, like a prison, like a work prison. And then thinking, oh, oh, maybe I can find a better job. I'll get a better job. And then you you go and you, you finally get another job. And guess what? After a few months, you realize, well, this one sucks too. I'm still unhappy. And then, you, then it feels desperate. Then you feel like, good luck. Is this going to be my whole life? My whole life working jobs I don't like, spending most of my time. You know, think about it. If you work a full-time job that's eight hours a day and then just going to the work and coming back, that's probably at least another hour. That's at least another hour. For most people, it's probably more like two hours total when you think about the time for even your lunch time. Because you might have a lunch break at work, but you're still at work. You're still not free. You still have to go back. You know, it's not a, it's not fun. So when you make the total of all the time for a full-time job, you're, it's probably at least 10 hours a day, at least. You know, because also you have to get up early. You have to get, sh- get dressed and get ready and 
you're really the whole time or you're focused on work or thinking about work 10 hours a day at least you know 50 hours a week that's most of your day then you get home and you're tired you get home because you've been for 10 hours you've been doing something doing things you don't really enjoy feeling like a prisoner a little bit Many times, for many jobs, you're stuck inside, indoors, the whole time. Not even seeing the sun or the sky. Or just looking out a window. It's terrible. And then then to feel trapped, like, oh my god, I've got to do this my whole life? Until I'm 65? It's a horrible feeling. I remember that pain. I remember that pain. That was my motivation to be free. The pain. I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate it. You know, I remembered I had a great childhood and I'm glad I did because it showed me a different way. I had a very free and enjoyable childhood. And so I thought, God, I was so free in childhood. I didn't, you know, I wasn't having to work 10 hours a day at some boring job I didn't like day after day after day and then come home and be tired so not want to do anything and on the weekends just recover or on the weekends try to go crazy and live as much as I could just those two little days of the week and I thought I don't want that I want I want I want that free and relaxed life I remember when I was a child and when I was a teenager even in college and university I want that again that's a human life not to be totally lazy I still work but I do work I love that I choose and I you know I don't work I only work like two hours a day guys you know I'm talking to you guys for maybe an hour hour and a half maybe two hours I do a little bit of work for the business but it's probably about it's not quite a four hour work week but uh you know I probably have an eight hour work week something like that eight to ten hours a week is all I work and it's always work that I am you know care about and enjoy I'm independent I'm free so it was that pain that motivated me that was my motivation and I tried the f- I tried what most people think like I my first thought to be free I thought I've got to make a lot of money I've got to make more money that's how I'll become free and get that life back that I want and be free of all this pain and boredom I got to make a lot of money so I tried that and I discovered for me and I realized for most people that it was so difficult so difficult to make lots and lots of money especially especially when my expenses were high because then I had to make a lot of money right to live an expensive life then you really got to make a lot of money to be free so I tried it I tried it and I just thought I this is even worse I have to work even more and I got to work like crazy I have to become a like a super workaholic slave to work to do this and it never ends and then if I make more money then I go spend more money and buy more stuff well now I gotta go that puts more pressure it's a never-ending cycle right make more then spend more then you got to make more even more (laughs) then you spend even more and it just it never ends it's called the rat race the rat race that's called it's an idiom
so then I thought, well, this isn't working. <laughs> but I, you know, like I've mentioned many times, I read the book Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And immediately I said, yes, this is the way. This is the way. And I started reading more and more books about simplicity, simple life. That this is the path to freedom. So I, again, I was in so much pain. I hated working so much. So much wanted to be free again that I just decided, like I do many times, I just jumped in. I said, I'm going to just try this. I'm going to go to the extreme. <laughs> I'm going to go all the way. And this is when I decided to. First, I just started giving away all my stuff, most of my stuff. And I moved into a very cheap, small apartment. That was my first step. So I moved to a very cheap, small apartment, gave away a lot of stuff, reduced my expenses a lot. That helped. It took off a lot of financial pressure. Suddenly I was, I had extra money every month. That was nice. But then I still had to work. So then that's when I decided, all right, I've got to go more extreme. I'm going to live in my car. I'm going to live in my car. And then later, the, the next year, I lived in my van. And that's it. That was the point. From that point, I never worked a full-time job again. And I decided that. Now, at that time, I didn't have a business, so it was not in my mind that I'll have a business and become really successful. I didn't plan that. It kind of happened. But at that time, in the beginning, I did decide, well, maybe I have to work still. Okay. Might have to work, but I can at least just work part-time. I can cut, cut, cut. I can work 20 hours a week or less. That still gives me lots of time, lots of freedom. So that was my decision at that time. That was 2001 that I decided that, 18 years ago. I decided, I just said one day, I said, all right, from now I will never work a full-time job again. Boom, and I never did after that, never did. Only part-time after that. So I lived in the car, lived in the van, and mostly what that did is it gave me confidence. It gave me great, great confidence that I could live very simply, very. And of course, I've talked about too that I was doing a lot of hiking, a lot of camping. And you know, when you do that, you're living in a tent, you carry everything on your back, even your food. That also, this also teaches you that you don't need so much that, oh, well, I can live with just, I can live with everything in this backpack. It's all I need. So my whole mindset changed, and by massively simplifying my life, I cut my work. So this is even before business, okay? You don't have to start a business and become really successful, okay? I, I did, and that's great, because it really added a huge abundance to my life, which is great. But even before that, even before Effortless English, I had already achieved a huge amount of freedom. Financial freedom, freedom in general, through simplicity. And this you can do. This I know anyone can do. Can you all start successful businesses? Probably not. Because I know many people don't have the mindset. But you certainly can all achieve this kind of simplicity and financial freedom and work much less. 
you can also become a freelancer. I think that for most people, that's the better way. Most people who have more of a, uh, like an employee mindset, who, who, who really are not entrepreneurs, they can still become kind of like independent employees, freelancers we call it. That's where you're still doing your job, you're still basically doing your same job, but you don't have a boss. You, um, you contract with uh, companies. You know, so if you have connections in your business, your, your career area, your topic. We say, we say field in English, in your field, in your, your topic. Then you can just get, you know, make those connections and they'll pay you to do projects or maybe they'll pay you for, to work part-time for a year and then you do another one and you just put these projects together. You're not like running a, bi- a business really, but kind of. You're an independent contractor. You're a freelancer. And this still gives you a lot of freedom because you can say yes or no to any job. You can have much more control over your... Um, schedule like for example I'll give you an example as an English teacher so I'm a business owner as an English teacher right you know I have effortless English it's a business a freelance English teacher that's somebody who would uh, like teach private lessons for example or teach online right which I did actually I did that just before I started effortless English I actually work for link for a short time very short Steve Kaufman over at Link, L-I-N-G-Q. I was a teacher there. Uh, they don't do it anymore, but their old system, they had teachers where you could, uh, uh, students could pay and they could talk to you, kind of like a conversation partner. So I did that on just using Skype. Uh, some people, a lot of people in Japan here, foreigners like Americans living in Japan, they'll they'll advertise like a little bit like on a newspaper or in a coffee shop and uh, they'll uh, you know just say you know oh you know private English classes or conversation partner and they meet customers and you know Japanese people they'll meet them in a coffee shop and they get paid you know per hour I see this I go to coffee shops a lot uh, especially in the sit and then when I go downtown and I many times I'll see this. I also see the other, there are also Japanese people do this. A lot of Japanese people will be teaching uh, foreigners Japanese language. So there's, I mean, there's this one guy, I see him all the time at, uh, near Namba Station. He's always talking to foreigners, so it's his, it's his students. So that's, that's, what, that's a freelance teacher, right? So this guy, he's teaching Japanese, but he has his private students that he teaches. He doesn't have a boss, right? He's not working for a school. So he decides his schedule. He can decide when to meet the students. He decides what price to charge them. That's freelance. He's not running a major business, you know, or even a small business, really. It's kind of in between. That's a great way, and that's something you can do as you get more financial freedom. As you simplify your life. The less you need, the more choices you have. There's less pressure, so you don't have to make the maximum amount of money. You don't have to find the job that pays the most. Instead, you can do the job or do the work that you enjoy the most, because now the money is less important. 
all of this leads to a happier, more enjoyable life, better family life, because you are happier, because you have more time for your family. Everything's better. This is how you can homeschool. You know, people say, oh, I'm going to homeschool. I got to work so much. Well, simplify your life. Don't work less, you know? Don't work so much. Work less. Then you have time to homeschool your kids. So simplify, simplify, simplify. That's a quote from Thoreau. It's probably his most famous quote. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Okay, well, I'm going to go get some water and relax a little bit. Hope you enjoyed the walk and talk, and I'll see you next time. As always, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Commit, don't quit, to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.